don't run from us, otherwise we'll haunt you forever. Because we're America's most elderly <laughs> podcast, the pod people. I'm Texas Tease. I'm Leather Daddy Ben Sheets. <laughs> We're like Leather Pappy. <laughs> um, I am Cleveland Mosier, a.k.a. Wet Skin Mask Face. <laughs> really rolls off the tongue. I know, right? Catchy, right? Well, gang, we Wet just flesh mask phase. We just came off of uh, just minutes ago. Finished watching <laughs> moments. Just moments ago, we finished watching the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Didn't even have to drive uh, back from the theater. Nope, is is on Netflix. Thank God, <laughs> Thank we, God didn't we didn't, have, didn't to. have to pay money for this movie. Yeah, other than Netflix fees. Yeah, uh, yeah, but at least there's other stuff on there. It's something other Netflix originals. Oh boy. Well, this is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, in true requel fashion, having the same name as the first film. Uh, it's a direct sequel to. The original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they're doing a Halloween, uh, a Halloween 2018, in more ways than one, really. Uh, this was directed by a man yeah. named David Blue Garcia, and it stars some people in it, and uh, it fucking was terrible. Yep. We knew this was going to be terrible. Yep. Uh, I think we've been cynical about this movie since it was first announced. Yep. Uh I think we talked about it for the first time like two years ago on our predictions when it was just announced and there was like no information about it. Yeah. Uh, had somewhat of a... Just a twinkle of the milkman's eye. It had somewhat of a, a, a turbulent production. Uh, its original directors were uh, uh, two brothers whose names I don't remember. Just two brothers. Just two, uh, just two brothers. They uh, uh, quit due to creative differences. I see I, why. It seems like it was, it was pretty unclear whether they quit or were fired but creative differences was the reason so they got this guy david blue garcia who has done uh some things some things i don't think i think this is his feature film i think this debut. is the first thing he's directed he has produced some other things and i he's done a couple of short films but yeah this is his his feature length directorial debut and uh boy Oh that, boy. One, that one's a whiff. Yeah, I'll say. It's steaming. Swing and a miss. Big old steaming. Rough time. Well, on last week's episode, you know, we, we talked about at the end, like, you know, maybe this would surprise us. Maybe, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe. It, would, it would turn out to be... It would turn out to be, you know, better than we expected. Uh, and, you know, I, I said that I would happily eat my words if that was the case. Nope. Sadly... Going hungry over here tonight, not eating any words. Yeah, well, let's let's start by talking about kind of the rollout for this movie. Yeah. Because, like, we had some mixed feelings going in, but, uh, you know, a week or two before this came out, we saw that Colin Stetson did the soundtrack yeah. for this film. Very surprising. Uh, you know, Colin Stetson famously did the soundtrack for Hereditary. Has done a lot of great solo albums. Yeah, just his solo, his, his solo work is incredible. Um, so that was a, a really promising aspect. Even that ended up being a letdown. Yeah, yeah, it's really underutilized. Um, There's like I also some wanted cool to mention, like industrial texturing. I'll give it that. But I think like contextually though, it just doesn't work. They're not using Colin Stetson's 
forte. You know? Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, assumedly he had creative control over the score for the most part. Like you would yeah. think so. I don't know if he was just like if this was just he was phoning this in or what. Like the the score is is a lot of. Uh, you know they're they're trying to sort of recapture like that scraping Toby metal, Hooper metal sound of like the Toby yeah, Hooper the industrial original. stuff yeah. yeah and you know I guess like Colin Stetson as a sax guy like you could just do some really out of tune honking on a saxophone and then like run that through some oh you did that was hereditary yeah but it's just like there's nothing like memorable in terms of like music to latch onto it's like it's literally just Colin Stetson's take on like a generic horror soundtrack well the problem is is that og texas chainsaw like kind of set the foundation for that it was one of the most notable and effective like industrial scores in music like at the time and and from then on after in horror like i mean i mean like silent hill like has like like texas chainsaw to thank for for that and all the rest like like down down the line of like famous industrial scores um but it's sort of one of the the earlier ones and because of that like if you try and do that now exclusively like that like it's gonna come off as generic like because i i want to say like i think that there was some cool texturing in some some of those sounds and 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 contextually like you have those issues where it's like it's like a 75 year old leather face or whatever like and he's he's standing in like the the field of sunflowers and he's just like an old guy and he's walking along and you get this like industrial sound that's like an entire factory is like collapsing on you specifically like it's really epic and grand and horrifying in its in its scale and it's just an old man walking through the fucking flowers like yeah. it's not it just doesn't it's it's the context it doesn't match like well, that's the thing like the original has a very subtle use of i would even say invisible use of its score yes where it's not emphasized but it adds to what's going on where this is just very loud it's front and center and very and it, loud it's film. loud it's loud but boring i well, mean that's I think yeah the shots are boring like like the companies half the time too sorry yeah you're you're not wrong there but i mean i don't feel like this is a score that i would like put on while i'm working on something and you know as like background either like it's just boring it's just like some clanging on metal sounds just really loud you know and I, I say that as a person who's a fan of, like, industrial and noise music. And, like, I don't think this was an interesting score. But it feels appropriate for the rest of this movie, which was in many ways sort of trying to copy, like, a thin veneer of the original film without, like, having any real substance behind it. Mm-hmm. Do you think Toby Hooper got, like, an early cut of this? And he's like, I don't want people to like... Or not Toby to- Hooper, sorry. Toby Hooper Colin is Colin Stetson, <laughs> like, got, like, an early cut of it. Just didn't want, like, any association with, like, what his sound is or whatever. Well, that, that's how I found out that he w- was doing the score is because he tweeted about it. He's selling this score on vinyl that was well, my first indication so in production sometimes like that comes with contract you have to use your notoriety to like kind of help sell the film a little bit in some capacity like like you know actors you know like part of yeah. their contract is doing like interviews and stuff like that like that's that's a tale as old as time i'm willing to you know possibly look past that as well frankly i, I hope he made some money off of it you know yeah. yeah, he's got plenty of other great works. Sure, I'm, I'm yeah. Not, I mean, yeah, it's, I'm not it, super worried about it. It's not a, a condemnation of Colin Stetson. It's no. just it's just surprising because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. when we found that out, like, I I even said I was like, well, hey, even if the movie sucks shit, at least we know the music will be good, and that was not even the case. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, 
okay, you know, Colin, get get your paycheck, bro. That's, uh, that's the totally other fine. the other bit of marketing tie-in that I wanted to talk about is how they uh, introduced Leatherface in Call of Duty Warzone. I think it oh, was. Fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> like like Emperor Palpatine and Fortnite kind of thing. Yeah, they premiered the trailer in Warzone or something like that. Jesus Christ! I don't play Warzone, so I, that was not on my radar at all. So that's, why not? That's so that's so on brand. I feel like Netflix has like some kind of uh, collaboration with Call of Duty. Um, man, we knew this movie was was going to be bad, but when I started getting really worried was. Within the past week or so, I saw like f- maybe four or five tweets from people that, you know, no idea who they are being like, and they all were some form of like a little movie that I worked on is coming out this weekend. And, you know, it might not be everybody. Some people probably aren't going to like it. But if you just turn your brain off and think about how the times have changed, then, you know, maybe you'll get a little something out of it. And they were talking about this movie. I saw like four or five of those tweets. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh. People tweeting about a movie they worked on being like, some people probably aren't going to like this. I was like, shit. <laughs> like, that's such a bad sign. Yeah. yeah. And trying and trying to be like... Turn you, your brain off. And trying to be like, if you don't like it, you're thinking too hard about it. You just didn't... You just don't realize how, uh, how times have changed. How it's not the 70s anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, that's what happens when, like, idiots write your movie. Like, I, and I shouldn't say that. Like, I, I, but, like, it's just... I, I mean, this movie feels like it was written by idiots. I know, I know. I just like I, I work in the industry, and I, I should. Fede, Fede Alvarez has a story credit on this, which yeah. is weird because like I generally really like his shit. Yeah, like, and that's why I'm I'm using like, it. It it feels like that. I, I don't. I don't. I just. I don't want to say that it is or like. I just I don't like doing that even with movies I really hate. But few things drive me up the wall more than when films like get political without saying anything like when they reference politics. Yeah. So we've mentioned it before on the podcast and it's I'm not ta- I'm not talking about wokeness. I'm talking about like when you reference things like school shootings, when you talk about that and you don't actually say anything about it. You yeah. don't make any points. You're just saying like, look, we're being relevant. I hate that. Well, I, I, I deeply well, hate that. And they're used as a costume in this turning. movie. Like for their paper thin characters, they're just a costume. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and and how vile is that? I'm not pulling an example out of my ass. And like Ben isn't like like exaggerating when he says like like that our our protagonists like entire backstories that they they were a victim in a school shooting, and there's nothing like about. That that in the film mm-hmm. like there's nothing that nothing like that any that has to do with anything well, and it's like if you're gonna conjure school fucking shootings you need to say something that's, about that's it whole, and like yes it's horror but it's it's a fucking entertainment film you know like like we're here to like watch some gore get scared and like have a good time or whatever and it's like not a horrifying and like, movie like like no. like scary it, exactly but like it's trying to be you know like sure. like it's and that's like that's the goal of like horror entertainment it's wearing right? the face of a horror and, movie. and like if you're gonna talk about that kind of stuff like like fucking bring your a-game again like it's 
stomach turning. Like, I, I, I think it, I think it's pretty fucking vile to conjure school shootings without like actually like bringing anything to the table on that shit. I mean, well, honestly, the, most- the fact that you have such a visceral reaction out of it, it means at least you got more out of this movie than I did. Yeah, like, I can't even say that it's vile or stomach turning. It's just annoying. I think the yeah. most. It's just, abs- it's just You're right. I'm, I'm giving him the, more credit. The, the most absurdest part of that to me is she is essentially the stand-in for Franklin. Yes. And Franklin was, you know, wheelchair-bound, and instead she is a school shooting victim. Oh, my God. And it's like, oh, God, you're they right. went from one quote-unquote handicap to another But by the end, but she overcomes is it. trauma. You yeah. know what? You're right. I shouldn't find it vile. It's pathetic. It is. It's yes. pathetic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a better that's a better word for yeah. it. You're right. And you know, it's there's so much of that shit in this movie, like school shooting aside. The school shooting thing is actually like such a small aspect of the movie. As you say, they don't do anything with it. You know, like after the the most recent trailer came out, we even talked about a little bit on our last episode where a lot of people have been doing like the oh Leatherface is canceled joke. You know, the cancel culture thing, because in the trailer we have the the scene where he goes onto the bus and everyone puts up their phone and is like you try anything you're canceled bro and he kills all of them that is annoying and stupid and this movie is full of that shit but i think it's important to point out that it's not even as you said a few minutes ago cleve like it's not the wokeness that's the problem it's it's not one of those things like oh these annoying like fucking woke hipsters it the, the problem is that the movie doesn't know what its own message is. It has all of these things, but it's not saying anything about it. It's not a condemnation of it, nor is it in support of it. You know, there's there's so much just like politically confused bullshit in this movie where it's like, we know these are hot button words. These are things that people are going to recognize, but do we have anything to say about them? No, it's costuming. Yeah, it's paper thin. Yeah, yep. and totally. Great example. It's total caricature in the film. Yep. Great example is early on our, I guess, protagonists are driving along on their way to Hartford or whatever the place is called, and they... Uh, they stop at a gas station and they're fueling up and then a guy pulls up next to him and he's listening to like metal, but he's in like a big old pickup truck or whatever. It's like, it's like a normal size pickup truck, you know? Well, no, like, it's, it's got the those, big tailpipes. It's, it's one of those big jacked up pickup trucks that has like the two big diesel tailpipes coming up out of yeah, it. Yeah, it's got the diesel tailpipes, I guess. But like, it's not like that crazy. Like we, we live in the South. We've seen way worse yeah. like on a, on a daily basis. It's whatever. It's not that big of a... I mean, it's, it's, par, but, it's par for the course. Yeah, but, like, he, the, he gets out and like he's, he's like, he, he, you know, moves over or whatever and like he's clearly like open carrying and stuff yes. but like he's got like a shirt on like kind of over it like you almost the, if they were just at a different angle they wouldn't have seen it or whatever well, like thing, he wasn't the, like really ca- flashing it the camera really focuses on it, yeah you know? yeah well and so and, like one of the characters is just immediately like saying loudly to her friends how tiny does your dick have to be to like to carry a gun like that she's saying it like loud enough where she knows he can hear which is awful like well, the funniest part about it like, is intentionally they're in the middle of rural Texas, like yeah, no shit. They shouldn't be shocked or surprised about this. Also, whatsoever. Yeah. they're from they're from the city, but they're from Austin. 
So they're from, they live in Texas. This should not be a surprise to them that they go outside of the city. Seven hours outside. (laughs) Seven hours outside of the city, and a a dude pulls up to a gas station with a gun on his hip. I mean, you don't even go, yeah, like, you need to go to, like, an hour or two outside Austin. You know, you've got, like, Waco right there. You've got, like, you know, like, it's not that far. Yeah, I would get it if they were, you know, I would get it a little bit more if they were, like, New York yuppies. But they're fucking Texas yuppies. I think I think that whoever wrote this has never even been to Texas. I believe that, like earnestly, and no. like. But so anyway, like she, yeah, she makes a comment about like, oh, how fucking little dicks do you have to be to like drive a car Compen- like that and have compensating um, for something much? much? Yeah, kind of shit. And like the guy's like just filling up his car, and he looks at him and he goes. Look, I don't think you understand that, like, feral hogs are a deal around here. They did a 30 to 50 feral well, hogs. they joke. kind of did. And here's my thing, right? Like, he, he says, like, like feral hogs are a thing around here, and, like, you know, I need a gun. And it it's done in a way where, like, yeah, like, it, it, they, they place, like, emphasis on the feral hogs thing because, yeah, they are trying to, like, reference 30 to 50 feral hogs. But but he, he doesn't say 30 to 50. It's not cartoonish. He's not, like... It's not parody. It's no. not like anything like he's just like, you know, like, oh, there's some feral hogs around here. And it's like, OK, what are you trying to say with this? Like, like it's are, just a wink and a nod. It's a wink and a nod. Yeah. But, but like, um, well, also, it just goes to show like this movie has been in well, it was in production hell for a couple yeah. of years. So it just goes to show that it's like when they wrote that 30 to 50 feral hogs was like a new thing. I know. And it's just it's like I love I thought that was a very funny meme, but it's like two years dead now. Yeah. Well, also, it's and, a funny meme because of the 30 to 50 part. Yes. Like the idea of like an, an army of hogs like needed, coming through your backyard because of, yeah, like an assault warning, rifle. 30 to 50 like it's, yeah, I need an assault rifle backyard, because of yeah. 30 to 50 feral hogs let's remove all of that context real quick like um that the film doesn't have isn't associating otherwise like it's just doing a meme bit otherwise it's just fucking scary movie and like you've got this guy and he's, he's saying look i'm carrying a pistol because sometimes feral hogs will kill you because it's texas because feral hogs will fucking kill you because they will even like one feral hog will justify no he shouldn't he, he like well no the, because it's a shitty movie like yeah absolutely what is it trying to say then like because like later on we're supposed to kind of set up to believe like he is a good guy but they never like finish that thought um well i mean yeah he's never a bad guy he doesn't do anything you know harmful to to end to them and you know he goes after leatherface but then he dies you know they're kind of setting him up to be like the hero it's like oh you know the the redneck is gonna come in and and save the rich city kids lives and you know they're gonna find some common ground and you know by the end our girl our school shooting victim is gonna be you know in support of the right to carry a gun and you know that kind of happens but they killed this dude off yeah not super long into the well, movie so i think you know and, and then to cut to cut forward a little bit just so we can f- finish out this theme you know they they meet mama like in the town or whatever and she's alice got Krieg. alice yeah. Krieg. Uh, I, I just i just wish that she could land like a like a like a, a good character arc in a good movie at some point soon that'd be cool um this is like hansel and gretel was all right but i mean she was one of the better parts of that movie oh easily yeah yeah, yeah. By, by my she's, I mean, she's, she's the better too, part in all things she's, she's too she, good for well, this movie she's too good for a lot of the movies she's in that's my point like absolutely anyway uh her character has a confederate flag outside of her house or whatever yeah. and she was just like oh well sorry i didn't really think about it that way it was like my grandpa's or whatever my great grandpa's flag it reminds me of him yeah or whatever and it's like okay you know like heritage or whatever 
whatever. But like, you know, at least they, they say it with like some sort of like something like a character might say with some kind of justification or whatever. But here's here's the thing. Right. She didn't know her great grandpa. But but also on top of that, like I mean, maybe she did. But like she, she, she is old as dust. Uh, her character is like old as dust or whatever. But the point is that what they're doing is that they're saying no one is safe from Leatherface. Like, no one is safe from death. Because, like, the, the, the redneck guy, like, he's set up to be kind of, like, maybe good, maybe bad. Our protagonists are the same, where it's like, are we supposed to like them? Who fucking cares? They're going to be assholes half the movie. And so I said, like, early on, like, are they doing a Midsummer? Because Midsummer has, like, the kids from the city, like, the college kids who are, like, f- the fucking worst, and they go there, and they kind of deserve to die. They don't actually, but my movie logic, they do. They don't know? understand the culture. They don't understand you the know, culture. They're, they're but, like, our main the, character sort of still does course, yeah. in Midsummer. Like, and so, like, we still get, like, the the like the world through the lens of the protagonist, and we know who to side with. And, like, and, and the, the, con- the conflict there is nuanced and deep. Well, the thing about this movie is that it's so lazy that it though it sets up like the two opposing sides like the 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 obnoxious like city liberal woke city liberals and then like the redneck country people with you know their confederate flag and shit it sets up those two sides but there's never a point in the movie where like those two sides try to relate to each other right or they, they don't even investigate what like a small town you know, community would be like, Yeah, you know, they, they paint it through a lens that like everyone is hostile to each other. You see it with the sheriffs taking the old lady out. Yeah. If this was a small rural community, they'd know her well and treat her much differently. You know, presumably there would be a much different relationship with all the community members and you'd see some dynamics there. You'd see more, you know, if if we're comparing this to Midsummer, we'd see more of the practices of that community. Pretty much all this movie has in terms of that small town is there is just no, there's no community. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they they established that whatever the name of this town is, Harlow or whatever, is a ghost town. We'll get to the conceit of the film in a minute, which is really fucking annoying. But like. The only people who live in this town that we see is we've got Alice Craig, who owns the orphanage, and Leatherface lives there. We'll get into that. The sheriff and his deputy, and uh, uh, Truck Redneck. Yeah. That's it. Those are the only members of the of the quote-unquote community that we see. Other than that, there's nothing there. Wait, there's also the gas station guy. Oh, okay, yes. Does he get any payoff? Guy. Uh, he's the one who calls Sally later to oh, that's let her right. know that Leatherface is back. We'll, and that's all he does. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to too. that. Yeah, I, just, I, just I we've we've danced around like what brings the characters to this place in the first place, which is <sighs> one of the most insufferable. Yeah plot devices I've seen in a movie in a long time. The whole conceit is that this this group of young Austin yuppies are going out to this ghost town because one of them is like an Instagram influencer or something. Yeah, well it's like the couple are like cooking influencers. Yeah, they're they're like in they're like Instagram cooking influencers or something and they have like bought this town 
this little ghost town in the middle of nowhere, Texas, to bring all of their yuppie friends out from the city to like revitalize the community or something like that. So it's dumb. very it's very unclear what their actual goal is. So stupid. They want to start a little boutique community. A little, yeah. Seven hours away from Austin. Yeah. And the, the, ga- <laughs> the gas station. No, the, as soon as we get started, like people will come out, you know, the gas station guy makes a, a heavy handed uh, gentrification reference. But I mean, they the they kind of do, thing that like a gas station worker, like attendant, like seven miles out of Austin yeah. would, would give a shit two they, shits about. They do. They do bring in a busload full of their friends, though. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. But like, there's even so little payoff with that. That only serves. I mean, I guess there's no payoff, but it's, it's underutilized. I think the whole point of the busload of friends coming in is just to set up Leatherface going onto the bus later and mur- and murdering them all all at once. Yeah. It um, would have been funnier if they had like scattered throughout the town and the film was montaged. like was like Leatherface like going through this little abandoned Texas town like finding these people who are bad at hiding and like pulling them out and like gutting them and shit. Yeah. And so they're like, "I don't know, fuck it, we'll just kill them all at once." Can you imagine like shooting on that bus too? That's probably days of shooting. Yeah, probably. I mean, like, the ugh. thing is with the the whole conceit, it's such a broad and heavy handed like caricature of like Gen Z, quote unquote, and yeah. influencer culture and all the shit. And it's like it has nothing to really say about no. any of that stuff. It uses it again as an outfit and a backdrop well and it feels like it's like it's loosely trying to mock these people but they end up being like the heroes again it's confused it doesn't know what it's trying to say or do yeah. it's like they're not doing our, midsummer our heroes end up being the school shooter girl and her older sister who is one of the most insufferable characters in the film yeah. She's the one who's making the the fucking uh like overcompensation little dick jokes about well, the the truck guy. Yeah, I mean they kind of come around on that. Yeah, she she learns her lesson sort of. She feels bad because when they're trying to steal this old woman's home from her, she's literally the worst person. That she yeah, they not, not the old person, but like her, like the 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 girl. The girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like she like they're they're all the worst in that scene. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like they they handle that like horribly. And I mean, that's that's what sets Leatherface off, you know, after the events of the first movie, presumably he ran away from his family. We never find out what happened to them. And I guess he went to an orphanage, which doesn't make sense. He was, he was an a, adult. He was an adult man um, and a, a deeply mentally unwell adult man. And like they wouldn't just put him in an orphanage. He would be sent to like they wouldn't uh, put him in one. But like I can see like the per- like a person who owns an orphanage like tanking sympathy on, you know, like someone. Yeah, who's yeah but then all it takes is one Lenny situation. Right. Also like spoil the whole bunch. Yeah. Does that yeah. does that mean that like yeah, Leatherface was like doing janitorial work like at an orphanage where there were like children? And he wasn't like murdering them yeah. or like you know well, being yeah. awful. Like it doesn't well, make any she, sense. She 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 keeps calling out, oh, "That's one of my boys. He's one of my boys." And it's like we see the picture of him with like all of the other kids, and like his face is scratched out. And it's super fucking confusing because this film treats him like he was like a teenager when he went to the orphanage. But in the <laughs> in the original movie, he was definitely a full grown adult man, big man, which like. 
also means that in this movie, he is at best in his like early seventies. He's like a if, big man with probably, hairy arms. He's probably in, in his eighties. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's and it's like. Mm. They, they 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 Michael Myers him in this movie. You know they turn him into like an unstoppable killing machine, and it's like I get it, it's a slasher movie or whatever. Well, but it's like but you it's, just it's, see it's, him whole ass through all these set pieces, and then you think, oh yeah, this guy is eighty something years old, right. just hauling well, the, ass. The thing the thing is, is, in the original movie, all of the people he kills is because he takes them by surprise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, Literally, like every single one of them, he catches them by surprise, and then at the end, when it's just Sally left, then she's on her own, and he's scary because he just is like tireless. He just relentlessly chases her through the forest with his chainsaw. Well, and, you know, and the original has such a less is more approach um, to the point where I, I think my favorite example of this is in the original where. You know, Leatherface opens the door and grabs the yeah. dude. Yeah, the red door. Yeah, slams it, bangs him on the head, yeah. pulls, hauls him through, and slams the door. It's so good. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. And we get almost uh, an homage scene in this one with the uh, the the head chef guy um, who uh, is searching yeah. the house for uh, I guess the title of the house or something and uh he uh, unclear whether they actually bought the place or not yeah he gets pulled through a door by leatherface and instead of getting any sort of subtlety you see directly leatherface hitting him and gore and blood and then he stumbles out towards the frame just to make sure we understand what happened they they make sure to have a door you know on the left side of a staircase so it it, it's reminiscent of the house in the original one it's there's so much of that just that just like lazy remember this but it's like it's almost more insulting because they don't even have uh, the decency to hit you over the head with it. It's just kind of like, eh, I guess here it is. Remember, <laughs> kinda, kinda. And then, it's, and then they do just beat you over the head with it. Some of those kills are cool. I, I will say, you know, uh, this movie is dog shit. It does have its moments. Sure. There are some. There are some uh, pretty good practical effects. Um, Pretty great, honestly. Like, like the the when the uh, Damien is that his name? Uh, Dante. 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 Oh yeah, Dante. Like Devil May Cry. Dante. Yeah. Um, when he turns around, or I, I guess you know, Dante's Inferno, but yeah. whatever. Um, uh, he 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 turns around and uh, he's got that wonderful scar across his face, and like his whole jaw is opened up, and it looks really good. This movie. Yeah, I think that's. I think that one was actually mostly like, cg but it looks it looks good it was good cg like frankly good. and uh, but like when they find when when sally finds the uh the corpse of alice craig later in the sunflower field with the face skinned like that's a practical that's a prop it looks very good yeah it looks great um, like every pretty much every kill i will i will the, say it, it's the same thing about halloween kills right like the murders themselves weren't the problem yeah and and honestly once again i'm i'm amazed that you can have a film with murders this good that pisses me off so much. Like, like I, I want to be happy. Everything else, is everything, everything else is else. so bad. Like, the and, little... and it's, I guess, it's just additionally frustrating too because like the production value is like so great. I mean, yeah, they shot this in like fucking Bosnia or whatever, but like I think Bulgaria. Y- y- 
know what I said? Eastern Europe. But, uh, the, uh, <laughs> I can. Um, but isn't, uh, you know, like, yes, yeah, so they shoot it in, in fucking Bulgaria or whatnot. They built, like, to, they for built this little, but, they like, built they this still little built, town. like, full sounds, like, the, like, like, full stages and shit and, like, full sets and all of it like it's, i mean for the outdoor still, like, for budget. the outdoor stuff yeah i mean there at the end of the credits there was a lot of like uh uh canada stuff mm-hmm. um and you know film tax credits given by canada yeah. so, so i so was like, sure that they, exact thing they shot Cleave the is the stuff. problem is yes. because they built all of this stuff it's so clean yeah it yeah. doesn't feel grimy and lived in yep. yeah and that's the ultimate problem it, like even in the areas like the house it looks artificially yes. dirtied yep yeah like even even when well, she, even, the street even when the girl's crawling town, right? even when the girl's crawling mm-hmm. around in the crawl space under the floor when leatherface is like chasing her and trying to cut up the floor it's like the crawl space is it's like fake cobwebs. It's dirty, but it's like so artificially dirty. Yeah, it's like a bunch of fucking fake cobwebs. And they've got this like really clean blue light, you know, shining through. And it's like you compare that to like Resident Evil 7 where you're like crawling through a space and there's like fungus like dripping off the walls and like rats to, like crawling up your asshole. Like, like it's so much like it's Toby, so good. Compared to the fucking Toby Hooper Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. a film that made on is a fraction like, of the budget, a film made on a, a shoestring budget that has such a distinct and tangible feel and atmosphere to it it's so hot it's so sweaty like it makes you feel unclean just watching it and the stories from production of them shooting that dinner scene for like eight hours and it was like 130 degrees in the house with all the lights and there were real human bones in on that set and real animal guts and people kept having to leave to go fucking vomit because the smell and the heat was so unbearable and you can feel it you can feel it in the movie and this movie is so just clean and clinical and devoid of any of that and that's one of the things that's so fucking insulting about this movie you know we were talking throughout the movie about like whether this is better or worse than the 2003 remake and i've fallen like somewhere in between where i think that technically it's a better movie and there are things i like about this movie more than that but i think this movie is more insulting to the original texas chainsaw's legacy somehow and like you yeah y'all can weird y'all can go back and listen to that that episode or you've already heard it Um, it's one of the lowest rated films we've ever had on this podcast yeah and and like and like this is remake yeah this is i i i personally I'm hot off of it, so maybe that'll change over time. But I think that this movie, like, uh, yeah, this movie is way more offensive to me. And like, uh, I, oh, God, I shouldn't use that term, like, over a fucking horror movie. But like, it is, it, it, it is like it's offen- more it's offensive to the to the original film's legacy. I yeah, think. it's pretty gross. But like, I think it is. The yeah, the, the other film is like bad, but like, it's still got Arnie it's Hammer terrible. in it. Army Hammer, you know, Arl- 
Arlie Ermy. Arlie Ermy. <laughs> I was getting him and the other guy mixed up. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> two people, two actors who are absolutely nothing alike, separated by generations. One of them is alive and one of them is dead. Well, well but the the are are uh, they they both have like a single syllable first and last names, uh, and they both start with A. No, not neither of those no. things. <laughs> Army Hammer. That's two syllables each. R first initial R Lee one oh, syllable. Oh, it's not R Lee. No, no. R <laughs> Lee Ermy. Oh, I was thought it Jesus was uh, it was R Lee like is is, a, is one word. I've always heard R Lee Ernie. This is almost as offensive to me as this movie was. <laughs> I know who he is. I know he did the that war movie and and shit. But he sure did that one. <laughs> that one war movie. You know yeah. the one where he does the shouty. <laughs> Where does the shout? <laughs> Come on, that's enough. It is the it is the war movie with a shout. Full Metal Coat. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, full Metal Alchemist. But uh, he, he is he does Full Metal Alchemist as the army man who gets angry. But uh, angry, Mustang. You know, I think that's what it is. Is he always plays like military characters? So I always think his his name is Army. <laughs> Instead of R. Lee, I think R. Me. You know, uh, that's what it is. is. This is a this is a bit of a tangent. But that's <laughs> actually that is actually how he got his start in acting in Full Metal Jacket. He was not originally hired for that role. He was consultation because he was military. He that's was dope. a Marine. Yeah. They had him on set and he was teaching the actor who was playing <laughs> that role how to basically abuse these young uh, these boot camp kids and uh they were just like Kubrick was just like oh well he's so good why doesn't he just do it why do we need this other guy why do we need him to teach him for the other guy and that's how Arlie Ermy became an actor <laughs> that's so good yeah so that's what it is is I uh yeah I, I, we had to figure it out but it's it's I used to, I I've always just heard Arlie Ermy so I thought his name was A-R-L-Y Arlie but it's R. Lee, Lee Ermy um uh and and he's an army man He's an army man. So I always thought it was Army Ernie. <laughs> army Ernie sounds like a like a Muppet. like Beetle Bailey's friend or something. <laughs> it does. It's so specific. Fucking Beetle Bailey. God damn, that's a yeah, that's a boomer reference there ever yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> that is a boomer reference. Yeah. But when I was a child, I even thought yeah, I was, the Sunday funnies. When I was a child, I did used to, I used to love reading so the Sunday funnies. Oh god, I used yeah, to love dude, reading same. the Sunday funnies. And, oh, and Beetle yeah. Bailey, Beetle Bailey, yeah. was one of them. Beetle he was, Bailey, he was always there. Uh, he was oh, always there, right next to Haggard the Horrible. Haggard the Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not Hagrid the world. <laughs> it's Harry Potter. Yeah, but anyway. We should I'm a get mess. Back on the track. I'm a mess. Oh, I, anything um, to not talk about this movie for a second. But the whole real I, I did bring that up for a reason. And that is that that's at least that that the 20 2003 like yeah. Chainsaw Massacre movie like it had some goofy fun stuff in it and like somehow at least making Leatherface into Darth Vader, which is like a big point I had about that movie. It has some merit. Like, at least it's still trying to, like, pay tribute, you know? Like, it's paying tribute horribly, but, like, 
I don't know. Like it's at least it was fun because Darth Vader is fun. It's and Darth, not fun. Like, See, it is not fun at all. Uh, it was, that was an awful just, movie. I think you're just too fresh off is, of this yeah, movie. But yeah, the thing is, yeah, the thing is with this one, it really it, it falls thing, into guess, yeah. the trope of its time, much like the 2003 one did. Yeah. And it doesn't do it well, just like the 2003 one did. You know, like I think the qualities of this one are things that are generic in its subgenre of requels at this point. Yeah. You know, the the quote-unquote creative kills, like, we've seen these kind of kills a billion times. Yeah. The gore, all, you know, the 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 blue and uh, orange lighting everywhere, the Laurie Strode character coming None back after 50 oh years. Awful. You know, it's... Just so trite and like we did uninspired. Honestly, it's uninspired. I do think that the people who wrote this, like, and again, it's why, like, I I use the term like it feels like, and again, feels like. I'm not saying it was, but like, it feels like it was written by idiots because I feel like whoever wrote this was being earnest to themselves. Like, they really felt like they were doing the right thing and were just. Deeply, deeply misguided. Like, they felt like, yeah, we're going to represent, like, victims of Columbine. We're going to represent, you know, like, Leatherface. And we're going to go back to, like, the roots of it. And, like, it's going to, people are going to care. And we're going to care. And and, and just missed all of the points. That's my belief. I don't know. It's probably a mix of both. And then you've just got marketing bullshit. Well, yeah, I think on top of that, I think it's just being overbaked in development hell. Yeah. Like, I think one thing I remember hearing about is the the Franklin stand-in girl, the one who was in the school shooting. She was originally also supposed to be in a wheelchair. Oh, geez. Right? She mm. became paraplegic from a school from the shooting. From school shooting. And then they yeah. decided not to do that. Yeah. I think there was some controversy around the time of that announcement because they had cast a non-paraplegic person oh my God. to be the Oh, so the they listened to, Oh, okay. Oh, so, so here's here's the real mistake this movie did. It listened to Twitter. <laughs> That's the real Correct. mistake. Let's People talk about mistakes. the the Lori Strode stand-in for a little bit because her yeah. inclusion in this was particularly baffling to me. Because, you know, at the very beginning of the film, we hit kind of an intro sort of recap of what happened of sorts. They're playing this Texas Chainsaw Massacre documentary on the TV in the gas station. Yeah. They're retelling the story of how she was the the only survivor. And for 50 years, she's been searching for Leatherface. After she got away, she became a Texas Ranger. So she could try to hunt him down. And for 40, 50 years, she's been hunting Leatherface. With no leads, even though... Jesus Christ. Even though she knew the family was around the area as well. Yeah, she she could identify the father who owned the gas station. She could identify the the brother like she knows where they live. And that's another thing is like this movie makes no effort to be like what happened to the rest of the family? How did Leatherface end up at this orphanage as a 30-year-old man? You know, also it just well, she like, she she moves and lives like ten minutes away from this ghost town, right? And over this the course of 
you know, presumably like 50 years, she had never any inkling of an idea that Leatherface was so close to her. Right. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. And, you know, it just like I know that the legacy of this movie, you know, uh, of the original movie is or the franchise rather is Leatherface as this figure. But in the original movie, yes, he's the one who chases her around with a chainsaw, but it's very obvious that he is like a barely functional, mentally ill adult who is being abused by his family, who who is deeply, deeply unwell and is basically acting as muscle for his psychopathic cannibal family. It's almost tragic. It is. He is, he is a, in, in the original movie, he is a kind of pitiable character. He's monstrous, he's scary, but you see the way he behaves and the way the father, like, character, like, hits Beats him and him. yells yeah. him, yells at him. Well, also, you know, like, like again, like, like he, he dresses, like, as the mother as at the, the dinner mother. table. Like, yeah. like, there's also, like, really strong implications of sexual abuse as exactly. well. Like, he... And it's like, the, the franchise has just locked onto him as, like, this big scary villain who wears a human He's face. iconic, right? And and I mean Ugh. he and I mean he is he, technically he is sure, iconic, sure. he is iconic, but especially for a movie like this that is a true quote unquote requel that is in the Halloween 2018 fashion, saying fuck the canon of the rest of the franchise. This is a direct sequel to the original film and nothing else. And to still in this movie, completely miss the point of who and what Leatherface is and just instead treat him as a big, lumbering, unstoppable, brutish killer. Well, there's such a missed opportunity there, right? Like, you have a few residents of this otherwise ghost town. You could literally do the same thing as the original, where, like, the original, you have the small town where they were, you know, killing people and, you know, butchering them for meat. Yeah. And selling it to the rest of the town, essentially. Like yeah, you could you could go that route of having the town be evil, or you could have the town be such a close knit, supportive community that they know about Leatherface's past, but they've they've, you know, kept him stable and they've been protecting him for all of these years and so that's why he hasn't been killing because they recognize that like he was just lashing out from the abuse and then you have some you could have something in this movie where like you know he he still gets killing the same way alice craig dies his his surrogate mother figure dies so he snaps starts killing again but if there was more of a sense of community in the town then you could have other people in town like trying to stop him trying to talk to him trying to persuade him like hey this isn't who you are you haven't done this in 50 years you know you're more well adjusted you know you don't need to do this oh that would have been dope there's there's so many opportunities for them to do something interesting with the idea of Leatherface as presented by the yeah. Toby Hooper Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But instead, it's like, no, it's 2022. We need another Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's been eight, fucking 10 of these other fucking movies where Leatherface, Recals are just, popular. where Leatherface has just been a big scary killer. So that's all he is in this movie. That That's what he needs to be. So that's all he is. There's no nuance whatsoever. And it's just it's 
it's frustrating. It's I like I don't know if like the new Scream movie like coined that term, but like that's the first time I've heard I heard requel. But I'm really glad they did because like like that it's it's a very useful. It's, yeah, term. I've always just been calling it soft reboots. Yeah, but, but like, requel is, is, is a requel. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know it's even like said it kind of like as a joke, like in Scream. But it is it is it's really good, handy. It's a good term. And for also it. like thank God Scream came out like right before this too. Like incredible. Well, man, and like seeing this movie so hot on the heels of both Scream Five, but also Halloween Kills. which like the parallels between this and halloween kills are like these these movies are like in lockstep in a lot of ways this movie is worse though. i think this movie is like which is is like trying to be in lockstep and is like tripping over itself like it's like trying to and again we did not like halloween kills at all and uh like it it makes halloween kills look great by comparison This, this movie this movie the production started in like 2019 2020 so it's pre-halloween kills but post halloween 2018 and it very much feels like the the genesis of this movie was trying to be like hey this look at look at what they did with with the halloween 2018 remake they did a good remake that's just a sequel to the original and you know like does a good job of paying homage and it's just and then it gets caught up in development hell and it happens to come out just a few months after Halloween Kills, which totally undid all of the goodwill that Halloween 2018 created. This is why you gotta protect your legacy, man. This kind of shit, you know? Like what Amazon's trying to fucking do with Lord of the Rings. Like I mean, you gotta fucking protect your legacy. Shit, the the, the legacy of Texas Chainsaw Massacre was, was gone, gone for a long, long, long time. Yeah. The last Texas Chainsaw film we got is one that I actually have seen, which was Texas Chainsaw 3D, which came out in 2012, I think, or 2011. Which is, you know, I haven't seen it in years, but probably a worse film than this. Yeah. Uh, it does. It stars Alexander Daddario, and the one of the dumbest things about that movie is that it's set up in a flashback at the beginning that she was an infant she was like a baby in the original texas chainsaw and that like when the police showed up to the house to like arrest all of the 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 family and you know the idea uh, of a baby living in that house is the funniest shit i've ever heard well here's the thing she was a baby in 1974 but the film is set in 2012 and she's a college student so the time doesn't make any sense at all. She should be like 40 something years old in 2012, but instead she's like 20. Damn, we better put this baby into cryostasis. It doesn't make any sense. There's a, a scene 20 years. Was, there's a scene from that movie that I'd forgotten that has been going around lately where Leatherface is chasing her through a carnival and she tries to climb over a fence but can't get over it so she grabs onto the, the Ferris wheel and it goes up and she just doesn't realize that it comes back down because Leatherface just stands on the other side <laughs> just waits for it to come down and she's just like screaming as the Ferris wheel's coming down. He's just standing down there <laughs> a terrible movie terrible movie alexander daddario and i think tay diggs is in that movie as well i am so excited for you to see texas chainsaw 2 tease i'm excited to see another like, good texas chainsaw it's, it's not grounded that's fine but i don't it, need i don't need grounded i just want good right but it's it's such a fun fucking movie yeah, yeah. And, and like they do the smart thing of not just doing same but different yeah they do they go in a completely different yeah they go hard different it. and it's fun and like because it, and it allows like the legacy to be maintained and really honestly surprised me because like like why not just do if you're gonna like fine 
do the soft reboot thing, do the requel, but like you could do like Texas Chainsaw three, you know? You can just have it be like a continuation of the first two. That's fine. Honestly, I I just wish this movie was campier and a little yeah. more self aware. Is it Bill Paxton in two? Who Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, both character actors, um, but like Bill yeah, Mosley, like bringing him back. If, you know, like the, he was fun. Yeah, they almost I, did. There I was a there was a movie like, that like died in production hell. That was supposed to. It was called an American massacre or something like that. Like that. It it never. It was it was never made. Um, but he was trying to get it done. He just ended yeah. up doing uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's yeah. Rejects with Rob Zombie instead. Like yeah. I said, I I just wish this movie was campier and more excessive. You know, I look at something like yeah. Piranha. Where mm. there's such a sense of fun to it, where you get very excessive sequences, much like the bus sequence we have, which we should talk about further. But it's very tongue in cheek and campy, and there's a sense of fun permeating it, where this is very self serious. It's and, dreary. Yeah, yeah, and dreary and sanctimonious. I think the school shooting stuff is a great example of it's that. It's sanctimonious. sanctimonious. It's sanctimonious, Dude. but it's unclear what it's sanctimonious about. Yeah, it's, it's just referential. Yeah. It's yeah. totally aimless. It's like got this sense of like self seriousness and superiority to it. Yeah. But it's not it's like what are you what's your message? What are you trying to say? Yeah, honestly they should have like taken cues from like the the town in uh cabin fever right yeah like just give the the characters some pancakes pancakes (laughs) pancakes yeah i mean at least that's something at yeah. least, like, I can, like, react to that. At least I, like, have, have, yeah, uh, have exactly. thoughts on it. That's the thing. Like, I, I, yeah. I could... I would be much more forgiving of a bad Texas Chainsaw if they were trying to just be fun with it. Yep. But it's like they're all... They, all of these movies, they always try to be so serious and scary, and it's just, like... They just missed well, the point. Well, again, too, and it's it's just, like, the, the fucking industrial... You know, the whole time. So, like... Every time, like like Leatherface, like fucking scratches his butt, like it does, like a you know again, yeah. and it, it's not you're undercutting like the 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 actual impactful moments. Like you need to have quiet. You need to pace yourself. You need mm-hmm. you need to like 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 yeah. let things calm down a little bit, and then scare people back up, wake them. You know, like with with a horror moment again. Like going back to like the 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 incredible like the red door in the original like like it's yeah. quiet for a long time as he's looking mm-hmm. around the house and you hear all the creaks and cracks and then suddenly just like like Leatherface just lets out a pig noise and whacks him over the head and slams the door and then it's quiet again yeah and ah oh, you need that you need that or, you need or that like silence. when or like when the other girl like stumbles and falls into the bone room in oh. the original one it's just like yeah there's so many of these instances of just like the silence being shattered by something like really grotesque and then just like it the violence is so quick so short and then it's over i think in the uh in our original review i called it ambient horror mm. and that's really what it is it's you know very environmental horror and it's less about the actual violence and more about like the oppressive heat and nature of the uh the location well yeah i mean it's it's real violence it's not it's not extended it's not exaggerated it's sudden and unexpected and horrifying and then it's over 
and just like that mm-hmm. you know and that's that's what makes it feel real that's what makes it feel authentic that's how violence happens in real life yeah you know you don't get you don't get the the build up to it you don't see that you don't know ooh somebody's about to die it's just like all of a sudden it happens mm-hmm. all of and, a sudden you're driving along and all of a sudden you're t-boned by an 18 wheeler and, and here's like, the thing too like this is like like we're millennials like going back and watching that movie and saying that you know like oh, yeah. we're we 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 have been so primed by jump scares throughout our youth and it's well that's a film with a fucking enduring legacy that's timeless yeah but like, like, the, like the fact this- that no one can still imitate it that's the thing is like like it's still it still scares you because like it's so well done you know like yeah. and it, it understands how to do that and it doesn't have like fucking bullshit violins building up to that sequence or whatever else Oh, it's yeah. so it's such it's such a, a film of the seventies too. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, the seventies is my favorite decade for horror yeah. because it, it, they just did horror differently. And the fact that the original Texas Chainsaw is still so good to this day, fifty years later, this movie is already dated. It's all like the the thirty to fifty feral the feral hogs joke yep. is already a dead meme because they shot this. And then sat on it for two fucking years before they could release it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's already a dead meme, and the movie came out today. Yep. It's really fucking frustrating. I will say, I would like to talk about a couple of the things that I liked about this movie. A couple of the very small things that I liked sure. about this movie. We've talked about the kills. Pretty much all of the kills are good. Yeah. Uh, redneck dude gets his head smashed in with a hammer, and they built a fake head and smashed it. Looks very good. Looks great. I actually uh, like the Leatherface design in this movie. I like how Leatherface looks aesthetically in this movie. I don't like the way his character you is You mean wet, wet flesh mask? You yeah, should elaborate man. on that. Oh, yeah, I should, shouldn't I? Um, yeah, so this is, this is one of the, the first, like, really, like, kind of stupid moments to me, is... Mama uh, has like a heart attack. They're 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 in the sh- they're in the sheriff mobile and they're trying to get her to the hospital. She dies in the back. Leatherface doesn't take well to that, and he he kills the cop in the back of the car in a really cool way. He just snaps his arm in half again, like with like superhuman strength. Yeah, and like like and then stabs him in the throat with his arm with his bones. own bones. Yeah, yeah. like the radial radius cool and ulna, just like like into his fucking like throat, like fucking cool dope. It makes no goddamn sense, but who cares, right? Like, like I'm, I'm happy yeah, I'm to put that, that shit. Yeah, I'm, yeah, happy, I'm, to, for that I'm shit. happy to put aside the fact that this man is 78. Like that, I, I don't care. That's go for it. Who, who cares? But like, uh, anyway, he he does that. That's dope. And uh, the car stops or whatever, and he takes the sheriff guy out. Um, the other guy in the car gets shot. Who it doesn't really matter. But uh, he he then just out on the road in the middle of nowhere, just like takes a knife and like cuts off the dude's face perfectly, which is not how skinning no, he works. Takes, he takes a piece of glass and he cuts off. Oh, mama's. oh he right. Cu- he cuts with off a, mama's face. Right. Yeah. With a piece of glass. With a shard better, of glass. Yeah. yeah Cause that's, that's gonna that's efficient. Um, I'm I'm willing I'm willing to give them that. It's not the first time he has peeled somebody's face off. Uh, it's a little clean, but uh, well, it's clean. Also, like it's a mo- it's a movie. Like, who cares if like car glass doesn't actually break like that or whatever? Like, yeah. it's no one cares. But the thing that that's just weird about it to me is like his name is Leatherface. It's not Skinface because he he doesn't he doesn't just take people's faces and wear them. He he takes people's faces and like suns them. He knows how to tan hide. Like, that's a whole point. 
their leathery faces because it's human skin when it's been tanned is that's I mean that like tanned skin is leather. It's not wet flesh face. Like he doesn't wear I, like a dead person. Like like I think like, you're I think you're getting a little too hung up on this on this aspect. I would I just I went into this thinking it would be like old leather face like still living in the same like kind of home like not the same home exactly because of course not because uh, they would easily be able to find it again like after the events but of the kept, original. But you're expecting that he's kept his his faces. Yeah. He, he's kept his leather his it was his, his thing why would he quit doing it i uh, i think just a tangent off of that like i thought there was one really clever point with uh leatherface taking mama's face off earlier um when mama's talking to uh one of the main girls yeah. she says oh i wish i would have known you were coming i would have put my face on yep and then he puts her face on. Yeah. And you know, like I kind of, I kind of get it. You know, like in in the original, he's like at the dinner table, he's wearing a woman's face with makeup on. Like she's his surrogate mother. She dies. He must become mother. So he has to cut her face off. And I mean, the much like the first, the original movie, this this film takes place in the span of one day and one night. So. He didn't have time to tan the face. I'm sure if he had had time, he would have done everything right. But he was in dire need of a face, so he just how cool would it have been though? He just made do. But I'm, if like, like, I, like she died or whatever, and like several days passed, you know. I mean, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be cool. and like the hipsters had had enough time to like set up the town or whatever. I'm not, the I'm, zoomers. I'm not saying whatever. that it wouldn't be cool that it couldn't be done. I just don't. I the fact that the face has not literally been tanned into leather is not a, is is not one of my many hangups with this movie. Yeah, uh, it's just his name's Leatherface. Yeah, but what are they going to do? Change his name for this movie? He had he had yeah. to, he had to make do with what he had. So yeah. he's just wearing some column flesh face. He's just he's just wearing a, a a bitch's face. But I think the mask looks pretty good. I like it. He looks kind of like a sad clown. He does look like a sad clown, and I like that. He, he looks like the clown in Dead by Daylight. He looks like a sad clown. He's got a very droopy, kind of frowny face. Unlike the other ones, he hasn't sewn multiple pieces of face skin together to make like a a full head mask. You know, he just kind of rips her face off and drapes it on his own. It's just one one solid piece of face. Mm -hmm. And I think it looks I think it looks good. Piece of face. I think his character is handled badly, but I appreciate the aesthetic of Leatherface in this movie. One of the only things I like about this movie. How do you feel about the color correction? I thought it was, it was very generic vibrant. and bad. Yeah, it, you know, it looks that like blue orange color palette is so generic netflix movie have, have you guys ever seen the meme of it's like the poster of like revenge of the sith next to the poster of some steven spielberg movie next to the poster of something else and they all have like that same like orange blue color palette and so it's like, man i can't wait to fit watch this whole trilogy have you ever seen that it, it really just sums up to me like how i felt about like the orange blue color in this because like it, it, it like, every like every movie every poster movie. yeah every movie poster and like from like the the late 90s like up through the 2000s like like ha, ha, did, did that orange blue poster i think using blues in this film is such a misstep because you know the first film is all about heat and yeah r- really feeling that oppressive texas heat 
And by emphasizing blue and rain and nighttime so much... It doesn't feel you hot. Don't, yeah, you don't get none that of, mustiness. None, none of our characters are sweating in this movie. They're all picture perfect. Their hair is perfect all the time. Even when they're covered in blood and goop and, you know, running around. It's just everything is so fucking clean that I don't like. I like the the design of Leatherface, but the aesthetic of this movie in general, I think, is a is a big fucking miss the last thing that i liked about this movie was one particular moment i pointed out when we were watching i said i thought that was clever one of the girls is hiding under the bed and redneck dude is coming up the stairs with his gun and leatherface hears him coming and he goes and he stands behind the door waiting for him to come in the room so he can jump out and murder him the girl under the bed reaches out with one foot and kind of taps like turns the mirror a little bit the standing mirror so that redneck guy coming through the door can see leatherface standing behind the door i thought that was cool that's pretty neat. i liked that that one moment in the even film. though from where leatherface is standing he would have seen her doing that yeah, I mean, I'm willing to, you know... That's pretty dumb. I'm, I'm willing to say it's like, okay... He does, have goopy, he does have goopy flesh over his eyes, though, not, which does make wearing, it really hard to, I don't know, he's see. He's face, and so you know, I guess he's, that's fine. he's probably focused on who's coming through the door. He's pro- He doesn't know somebody's under the bed. He's not, like, watching the room, you know? So, like, I'll give it to him, but I, I, thought, I thought that was a, a, a clever little touch uh just about the only one in the movie you know you know why i have a problem with the flesh face and and why like okay i don't i don't think it's a real problem let me me put that out there too it's not a real problem in the same way that like him using car glass is a real problem right it's like oh of course we all know that like car glass like shatters a certain way so it's not lethal right like that's a thing but like uh no one cares it's a movie we need sharp glass it's a horror film like that's fine mechanically it's important but the thing about it is that like the original Texas Chainsaw right is like is believable you know it's it's crazy and it's out there but hey man out in the country crazy things happen and like what if he's real like that's scary it's the kind of thing like that that can kind of really spook you out and and, like in this world in in this reality nothing in that movie is impossible plenty of it is improbable but I mean the the whole character of Leatherface in in the beginning is based on Ed Gein like real person who did real real things who did make you know skin masks and wear them and shit like nothing nothing in that movie is impossible and again in this movie they have to turn leatherface into an unstoppable killer john wick they have to turn him into john wick I mean, oh yeah that's a good point fucking john the chainsaw wick, he fucking takes a hammer and smashes the wall in mother's room as she's dying she she touches his face she said don't go in my room because uh, that's where she has walled up his chainsaw for some reason. Chainsaws are relatively common, you know, tools. Yeah, it wouldn't be hard to get get a hold of a chainsaw. Why would she keep it? Why would she presumably Why would she presumably cut a hole in the wall, put the chainsaw inside and then seal the wall back up? See, there's no there's, thought to that, right? No. And again, this is this is exactly why that person who worked on production said like turn your brain off, he, right? He pulls like it's it, like, "Oh, yeah. you know, just you know, if you want to have a good time, just don't think about literally anything, just be an idiot." He pulls it, like, he pulls if it out of yeah, the wall. Yeah, just be an idiot and have a good time. He cool. pulls it out of the wall after 50 years and it starts right up what 
doesn't I, have to put gas in or anything. Like, I get like visually, right I up. guess it's cool. Like if you you don't think about it at all, like him just but like it is, like, it, is a, it is a fucking John Wick thing. Like he literally yep. could have just gone into a barn or something and found mm-hmm. a chainsaw or into a general store. Like yeah, there's it's, there's any number like, of ways. Just like 2003, it's some Darth Vader shit. There's any number of ways he could have gotten hold of a chainsaw, but it has to be like, oh, I got it. Lord help me, I got to go back to the old me. You know, John Wick fucking taking a jackhammer and digging up his guns from his garage floor, you know, because Baba Yaga's back, baby. It's just so fucking stupid. It's so much of this movie is just like member berries and then like bad setup for okay payoff. Like so many things set up for a payoff. It's like, okay, that's cool, but it doesn't make any sense. Like the one of the women on the bus when Leatherface is killing everybody, she manages to get past him and could just run out of the bus, but she decides to stop and open one of the windows to try to go out the window, and so Leatherface saws her in half. Is it a cool visual, her getting sawed in half? Sure it is. Does it make any sense why she would have stopped running for the door of the bus and taken the time to open a window to crawl out it? No, it doesn't. And, like, the bad setup makes the payoff unsatisfying. Yeah. It doesn't feel earned at all. No. Like like there's nothing like like it's a it's a really cool payoff to to something that wasn't set up. It's a great punchline to no joke. And uh yeah, it's like I'm I'm sorry, but like foreplay is important. You know? Like like you can't you can't be like, hey why didn't you come? I don't know. Like you didn't like there wasn't any foreplay. Like like we gotta like you can't you can't just like surprise me. You gotta you know there's a there's a dance. There's a you know there's rhythm. Like yeah, again, so look silly. at look at Piranha, like you set up this obnoxious spring break culture of all these frat bros and stuff and partiers. And then when there's chaos on the beach and you kill them all, at least there's, you know, caricatures there. I don't think we get any real development or even caricature of any of these people on the bus. Nope. They're just objects to be killed like, the one them. the one moment of caricature is the try anything and you're canceled bro yeah that's that's the one moment of caricature but that's not a character who we've been introduced to previously that's his one line it's not he enough he's just he is no? he is saying a single line to represent the entire bus full of people and then they're all getting killed and why do i give a shit yeah. yeah, if and, they would have had more, honestly, do, scratch the cancel culture stuff, like scratch the you're canceled bro part of it, have more of the obnoxious out of towner stuff. Yeah. And it would have been more justified I, and Are you more telling fun. me this town doesn't have a boutique bakery? I can't get How, Wi-Fi here. I, I, Where am I supposed to get my bran muffins? I cannot believe this, but you know what we're, we're, we're recommending, right? We're asking that this movie was more like Halloween Kills. Because Halloween Kills gets that right. And again, hated that movie. I think it gave it a two. But like, I don't think but like, so. No, no, no. I, I, here's the thing, right? Like, like the, the sequences with like, like the, the couple where he gets killed with a drone and like all that stuff, like it sets them up a little bit first so that you're like, you're at least like somewhat familiar with those characters, like before like Myers kills them. Yeah, but you know, as we like talked at about least that episode, it does that. Those are few and far between. Like yeah. it's not, I, Halloween Kills is not a great example. Of yeah, that. Halloween Kills isn't a great example because it's still a blank mob you know, yeah like towards the end of that yeah. bit, but like yeah helmed, like, like, helmed by these uh, member these characters who were literally children in the first movie yeah yeah ass characters you know 
Yeah, it, uh, man. We we sort of we mentioned the return of Sally. Uh, we didn't. We haven't talked about like what she actually does in the movie at all. It's not which much. Is basically nothing. Yeah. Um. It's it. It's not Marilyn Burns. They didn't get. You know. They they. It's not. It's not literally a Halloween Kills where they got uh, the original actress back. But she comes. They tried in, to pull it off though. Like if you don't know your shit, then you would think that. They like, gave oh, her wow, a similar, they brought they gave her, her back. Similar haircut. Yeah. Uh, she's she comes in wearing a cowboy hat with a shotgun. She walks into the house. She points the gun at Leatherface. Is like, you remember you? Do you remember me? She like names her friends. It's like, why would Leatherface remember you? You're just one of like many people. Like, well, also like, yeah, like you just happen to be the one who got away. If Leatherface was like a wild monologuing villain, it wouldn't make sense. Like, if if Leatherface was like, 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 yes, this was my nefarious plan. Like, I'm Leatherface. Like, like if if, (laughs) if that was a thing, like, sure. Like, uh, even then, it would be dumb because like, no, I was just trying to kill everyone. I don't remember you at all but instead but instead he's a mentally disabled elderly man who has never spoken he's mute who's a silent character he is mute as far as we know like like he 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 makes pig noises he literally grunts and squeals like an animal and yeah he's feral he's a feral man and uh like like she is upset and 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 so staggered that she decides not to get her 50 years vengeance on this man. She's been trying to find him for 50 years. Why does she not kill him? Instead of walking in and just immediately blowing his head off like she should have, she does that and then is so shocked and appalled when he doesn't remember her that she literally just lets him walk out the door. Yep, all the way out of the house. Why he doesn't kill her there? I don't know. He goes to her car where the two girls are waiting and tries to kill them. And, you know, then Sally shows back up and shoots him a couple of times. But because he's now an unstoppable Terminator, you know, he shrugs the bullets off. He de- he deflects. He deflects the bullets. Oh, my God. He deflects the buckshot at one point like a fucking Jedi deflecting a stormtrooper laser. Yep. Uh, he does that. He's he, he Darth deflects, fucking Vader. He, he deflects. He He's deflects literally her, Darth uh, Vader again. He they deflects the one point. of her shots with his cha- with the blade of his chainsaw, which you know, like I ain't a I ain't a scientist. It's been two decades. I ain't a scientist or an engineer or nothing, but I feel like a shotgun blast would, at, at the very least, bend just about any chainsaw blade, <laughs> especially one that has been sitting in an attic for well, fifty years. Also, but well, 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 no, no, but like like shotguns shoot pellets dog like like it's uh, she's not firing slugs like yeah. it, out, mm-hmm. out of that 12 gauge like it's 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 pellets you he's like what like at that at that point like like he's about as 15 far, he's, he's about as 10 far feet away, away as we are right yeah now. like Five, like six feet like his whole body is presumably hit by that. presumably maybe he blocked it before it has a chance to spread not that range not yeah i mean well it, it's fucking stupid to begin with but the point is is then he impales, Star her, Wars, he yeah. impales her on his chainsaw and holds her up in the air and it's very epic and then throws her into the trash. She's somehow still not dead. She's able to shoot him again later, but I mean, I don't I don't even care to get too into the nitty-gritty here. Our fucking characters uh shoot Leatherface and he falls into the water and they think he's dead. Uh, you know, school shooting survivor girl, she used a gun to shoot Leatherface, so she's, 
she sees... Well, and then the other sister uses the chainsaw, the chainsaw. against Leatherface. She, like, uppercuts him with the chainsaw. Which I thought that was kind of funny, not gonna lie. It's kind of funny, and he falls backwards into the pool of water, but again, like, why didn't she, like, stab him or, like, cut his head off or something? Because, of course, they needed him to be able to come back, uh, which is just just horrible for me. Because uh, I, I was saying at the end, towards the end of this movie, like, I really needed Leatherface to die here so these same people can't make another one of these. Uh, that if they're going to bring him back, then they have to do another reboot and try again all over. Uh, but no, nah, he comes back. And I, I will say the last little scene is pretty funny because they like get into their test their like self-driving tesla and they like program it to the autopilot to take them back to austin yeah all their friends have been killed they think leatherface is dead yeah and and instead of like i don't know sticking around to make sure that like presumably like their friends have families you know yeah like, instead like, of like they, getting they somewhere have, like calling like, in the state police or something yeah, like, like get help like, well we're just gonna go back to austin the older sister's like i always believed in you you're the strongest person i know and then leatherface appears behind her smashes the window drags her out and cuts her head off but what i thought was particularly funny is that uh the school shooting girl is like hanging out of the sunroof of the car as it's driving away because it's on self-driving <laughs> driving at like 10 miles driving an hour like 10 miles an hour down the street of this like ghost town like screaming as leatherface holds up her sister's decapitated See, head the thing about that think about the earlier version of the script for that. If she was paraplegic and couldn't leave the car, that would make sense. You know, it would sure. still be a little contrived, but like she is fully mobile. Yeah. She could easily get out of the car or, you know, anything. Yeah. She like, probably didn't want to get out of the car yeah. and be with Leatherface. But what's, what really is like the, the last little, uh, like, cherry on this fucking turd Sunday is that as you know the car is driving her away Leatherface does his little swing in the chainsaw around dance like he does at the at the end of the which makes no sense because at the end of the first one he's 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 dancing he's not he's hopping mad yeah he's not dancing he's he's angry she's gotten away he's yeah. he's furious like he's he's raging you know and this i guess it's victory he's he's doing but it's just like it's yet another thing it's like it is just like remember this this happened in the first one but it totally misses like what makes that particular ending of the first one like so good mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and, and then it's over uh and it's over much like this podcast should be soon do y'all want to rate this do god yes do anything yeah else? no i i want to i want to forget this movie one star out of five uh i'm gonna do something that many people should have done long ago <laughs> leatherface you canceled half star. Oh my god! Um, I will say, I will say, just to you know, bookend our discussion. Texas Chainsaw Massacre has such a wide-ranging legacy, and the nice part of that is there's plenty of you know movies that have been inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre that are much better than this movie. Go watch Honeydew. 
uh, the, new, the new Ty West X movie that's coming, is coming out, out soon. soon. It looks like looks a good Texas version Chainsaw of Texas Massacre. Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Maybe watch one of the several dozen good spinoff inspired movies instead sure. of this. Flaming or, Turd. Or just go watch the original. Never yes. gets old. Go or... Watch the sequel, which I'm sure we'll be doing at some point very, very soon. Um, yeah, uh, I think uh, it would be hard for me to give this movie less than a two, uh, considering like it's a horror movie, it's a slasher film, and all the kills are good. But the fucking Columbine bit just really rubbed me the wrong <laughs> fucking way. And also hearing that like apparently the character was originally a paraplegic, and like that they got like backlash for like not having representation. And instead of like getting someone who actually was paraplegic or whatever, like they were like they just bullied into just not way. having like a paraplegic person at all in the film. And it's like cool. So now there's like no like quote representation or whatever of that at all. Fuck everything. Fuck everything about that that's really fucking stupid um not that i really have a dog in that race but fuck it 1.5 yeah i feel like i'm being generous but yeah 1.5 at least some of the kills were neat fuck this movie it it is it, it is definitely worse than halloween kills yeah, for sure. Definitely uh, worse than Halloween Kills, and yeah. I and I and I do think uh, because it doesn't have our, our army our army man in it, it it's not as it's not as good as two thousand three either. And at least two thousand three doesn't have like this modern like bullshit of like referential politics without actually saying anything. Uh, at least at least that is just genuinely dumb, and it does dumb like Darth Vadery things with it. But this thing does too, but it's worse. And like, yeah, I would I would rather have like shitty Darth Vader uh, fucking Leatherface than. Than, than this movie uh, i think you rated this one higher than the 2003 did i, I yeah think so and halloween kills i think <laughs> one star you convinced me one star <laughs> fuck this movie whatever yeah, i mean i i think that they just numbers i'm just it's, it's all abstract <laughs> like like if like the like if we're yeah like the it's all rating, relative. It's a gauge, like you know, like like rating is uh is an estimation, and it, it, it can change just how, like what I had for fucking dinner that evening. Like well, yeah, anyone who takes ratings that seriously, like whatever. I mean, I I personally do still think the the 2003 one is a is a worse film, but like man, this close. one this is fucking terrible. Uh, between the three of us, it has received an average of zero point eight out of five. Wow. Uh, you know, I think we can all comfortably say that if you have any affection for the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you can give this one a big old fucking pass. Yeah, don't waste your time. Uh, next week, we've got another new movie. Uh, another movie where we're surely going to get into p- some political discussion uh, because we're going to be watching Shut In, the Daily Wire Ben Shapiro produced uh, horror film starring uh, ab- actual right wing madman Vincent Gallo. Returning after uh, like a, a 15, 20 year hiatus. We will talk, I'm sure, at length about Vincent yes. in the next episode uh true so, enigma yeah this is uh i i think this is this will be the probably the first movie we've talked about on the podcast that likely has like an explicitly political agenda uh, <laughs> yeah i'm so, so curious the I, trailer makes it out to have be like a, a faith film like a very 
Christian, Christian kind of deal. Yeah. But like also it's like a horror movie. I feel like that combo you don't see very often. So I'm it's, I'm curious. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be that. Um well, we did rate this one. Oh, uh, we did yeah, uh we, we did predict this one. This one. Yeah, we we predicted Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So for Rotten Tomatoes, um I predicted it would have a 6. TC you predicted a 23 and Cleve you predicted a 78. It came out today. Do we even have Rotten yes, Tomatoes we do. Yet? I wish we it do. was a 78. Right now it's sitting at a 32. Ah, okay. Um, I mean, I wish the movie was good enough to merit a 78. I don't wish that this movie got a 78. <laughs> I would never wish that. I'll, I'll take it. I feel like I win that one by sheer luck of we're talking about it on the day it comes out. Yeah. I think that rating is going to go down in the coming yes. days. We'll revisit that next but I'll, week. But I'll, yeah. take, my, I'll take my victory. Yeah. <laughs> we'll revisit but it next will. week if it changes too drastically. And what were, uh, what were our, um, predic- our Yeah, so collective average? rating... Uh, I predicted it would get a 1 out of 5. Uh, TC predicted 1.8. Oh. And Cleve, you predicted 4. Nope. Oh. Well, I certainly yeah. didn't get it. Ben, you're you're very close. Yep. In fact, you would have been spot on if Cleveland hadn't lowered his rating. Oh, there. I definitely did not make that rating uh, uh, after. I, I, I definitely made that rating before I found out about the you're canceled oh, uh, yeah. scene. I think oh, before yeah. that aired. Yeah. But, uh, well... Which I never saw. I saw that in this movie for the first time. I didn't watch that trailer before yeah. watching this. Sponsor time. It's sponsor time. Ringing that sponsor bucket bell. There's only one left. Yeah, oh, my God. There's only one sponsor left? Well, shit. We're going to need to get some new sponsors out here. Um, I'm sure the shelf will replenish us by yeah, the next, uh, next episode. Yeah, you know, joining the Patreon might might even help in, in some capacity. Ooh, um, uh, we're sponsored by ourselves. We are. We, we could be. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you know, this week, it's always nice to have a lobster around the house. Um, that's an old quote from Garfield and Friends. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, this this episode uh, this week is brought to you by me lobster that you're so fond of. Snip, snip. Uh, I, the snip, snip was written in parentheses. I, I didn't have a choice. I had to read that. Otherwise, I would I would die. I mean, yeah, that's the horrors a part of, of the sponsor that's shelf. A part of the sponsor. You got to read so. the whole sponsor, you know, even when it, it's something wild. But uh, I yeah, you're uh, fond of me lobster. I hear you're fond of it. Damn ye. Uh, damn ye. You damn your farts. Look at ye. Look post, at post and cringe. Post and cringe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what this movie did. <laughs> Look at you, post and cringe. Look at you, post and cringe. <laughs> that's very good. Oh, man. All right. Uh, that does it for us this week. Uh, like Cleveland mentioned, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Uh, Look at you supporting us on Patreon. Look at you supporting cringe. <laughs> support part, our cringe. Support our cringe. Please. Uh, it, but if you don't want to give us a monthly contribution, that's A-OK. You can also support us by just uh, leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Please and thank you. Please and, Please thank. and thank. You can follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. 
You can follow me on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for LiDAR Studios. We put up progress on It Stares Back. You can also see my progress if you go uh, on other works as well. If you go to dreadxp.com, because I'm doing some fucking cool art for Dread XP these days uh, on all sorts of our games uh, and I'm just, I'm having a great, I'm having a great time. Ooh, ooh, uh, as this has come out, uh, as this episode is coming out, I think the demo for My Friendly Neighborhood is still uh, is still live. If it's not, I, I apologize because timelines, uh, we record this in the past and you're in the future. Uh, but anywho, if it is, go check it out. Uh, <laughs> the My Friendly Neighborhood demo. Um, uh, it's free. It's super fun. I've been uh, QA testing it and it's it's just a blast. And also did a lot of cool art in it. So if you look at all the cool posters in that game, all the cool puppet related posters and stuff, uh, uh, you know, it was, it, it's been a real delight working on that game. And so, yeah, go go check out My Friendly Neighborhood. Uh, go wishlist it on Steam. And uh, that'll be it from me. Well, thank you for listening. But always remember that if you don't like this, if you don't like this podcast, you're canceled, bro. 